The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Nathan. And this is Charlie. We're your host for today. And today is the final episode, the bonus episode of Who is Jesus? This series of who Jesus says from his own lips. So you might be wondering, wait, we finished all the I am statements. In John, there are seven, and, and we, we did f- them all. finished them all. Or did we? Right. And um, there's one that people don't often include in in the list of those seven, but I believe that this final statement that we're going to share wraps up all the others. They're all combined in this, and this speaks even more beyond those seven. Um, I think that this is a crucial statement about who Jesus is, how he interacts with us, how we respond to him, and I believe that this one statement that we're about to unpack not only does that, it debunks every other religion that references Jesus in the entire world. There you go. So I was uh, hanging out with this. I have a friend who is very social, and my very social friend met a Muslim man who runs a gas station. So uh, my very social friend and this Muslim man get to talking about God, and my friend realizes that this guy is talking about a whole different God, <laughs> that he's talking about Allah and not Yahweh or the God of the Bible. And uh, so I, I, over the course of several weeks, I get phone calls. Nathan, what do I say? Nathan, like, tell me, how do I debunk this? How do I go against this? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, just got to be nice. Like, <laughs> remember, it's not about like winning the argument. It's about revealing Jesus. So um, all that to say, at one point, this Muslim man invites me to come and chat. And so I show up at his gas station. And uh, as you guys know, one of the primary beliefs in Islam is that Jesus really isn't God. Um, he's a prophet. He is a prophet. He's a good guy. And just so happens he's going to be the guy, according to Islam, that yeah. ushers in the end of days, which, long story short, I think is setting them up to believe in the Antichrist. But we don't have to yeah. get into that or right Or to really give their lives to the true Jesus, right? It could be a redemption bridge that's built into their system. Like, right. hey, um, how, how come it's like not Muhammad coming back? the prophet Muhammad when the world ends, but it's Isa, it's Jesus. Like, doesn't that make you question about his importance anyway? Right. So we get to talking and the concept, obviously we're going to get to it because it's at the foundation of this difference between Islam and Christianity, who is Jesus. And uh, long story short, I bring up this particular passage. Interesting. It's, It's a passage as well that I think it relates to many conversations like this, right. especially not for non-religious people necessarily, even though it does indirectly, but directly it relates to religious people who have some preconceived idea about who Jesus is, because it all comes down to one issue, which is going to be revealed in this passage. And like, there's a time when Jehovah's Witness knocked on my door, always two guys, you know, boom, boom, boom. But but these are the guys that wear, I think, a suit jacket. They're not the guys that wear a white shirt and a tie. Those would be the Mormons. So 
the Jehovah's Witness knock on the door. They both they both knock on doors. I like it when they knock on my door. Some people get upset, but I look at it as a great opportunity. In fact, I saw this social media post the other day. I thought it was hilarious. Um, uh, it showed two Jehovah's Witness guys knocking on somebody do- somebody's door, and they're like, hey, can uh, uh, would you like to discuss Jesus? And he's like, yeah, sure. What questions do you have? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so these Jehovah's Witness guys knock on my door. It's happened a few times. Um, and they want to discuss Christianity with me. And it always comes back to one point about who is Jesus. And, uh, I also noticed just an interesting side point that they won't let you pray for them. Um, one time I told these Jehovah's witness, they call God Jehovah. They think his real name is Jehovah and you can't call him anything else. And I believe that's a name of God. I have no problem with that. So, well, actually, it's an, um, it's an it's a translation version. with German and yeah. yeah, whatever the case is, it's still valid. Like yeah. it's it's just a translated name of God. Kind of like Jesus, even though his Hebrew yeah. name is Yeshua. So I don't have any issue with that. Right. So one time I told them, can I pray over you guys? I'll even pray in the name of Jehovah for you. And they're like, oh, no, we can't accept that. I'm like, oh, OK. So the next time. Jehovah's Witness showed up my door. I don't know if you're supposed to do this. Nobody taught me, so I just thought I'd try. I'm like, I'm going to pray before then. Like, I'm not going to ask permission because there's power in prayer, and I want them to see what a relational prayer looks like, and I want God to work in their life. So they show up at my door. We have a little conversation, and I'm like, man, you know, you guys are walking up and down these streets. It's rainy. That must be tough. And so I just go, and Lord God Almighty, I pray for these guys. I just started praying for them, and they they were like, uh, 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 they they couldn't do anything. I started praying, um, and I pray God still is at work in their life, and 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 that their their scales of blindness spiritually will fall off. Whatever the case is. These instances also came down to this one issue of this passage, which relates to other passages as well. But it all boiled down to Jesus's one statement that wrapped up every other I am statement and even takes it further. Right. So we're in John chapter eight. And uh, basically, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're making accusations about who they say he is. And he's defending who he says he is. And then they're getting pretty upset. too. It's not it's not like a. Oh, you said this. It's like this is an what intense. The, like, are you in? Are you a heretic? Like, what's wrong? Are you blasphemy? Right. They're they're not asking if he's a heretic. They're saying you're yes. a heretic. In fact, yeah, we'll get to it. But here's let's just see what he said. Yeah. So it's pretty simple. Jesus says this in John eight fifty eight. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham. So let's just pause right there. Who's Abraham? He's the guy in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's Moses. <laughs> Abraham comes, different point, book of Genesis earlier. Um, so so Jesus says before Abraham, all the way back to the book of Genesis with the, this figure of the faith in Judaism, like the early guy. The, the first guy. Bef- after Adam well, that you'd remember. After, after Noah. Adam, Adam, well, there's like, it, like Genesis has like but, a global picture and then yeah. it focuses down on this guy so, named Abraham so in Genesis 12. The Jews would have been remembering Abraham as the father of their faith. Right. The figure. And so Jesus says before him, get this, before Abraham was, I am. Powerful. That's it. I am. Every, every other one of these statements where I am the good shepherd, I am the true vine, dot, dot, dot. I am. This time he just says, Before I Abraham was. am. And the, the tenses of this 
is like really interesting. Like before Abraham was past tense, yeah. I am current like, tense. Wait, what Jesus? You're kind of confused. Do you not know grammar? Like, yeah. oh, you're just a carpenter. You must be messing up your grammar. No, no, that's not what's happening. Right. So what Jesus is doing is he's getting his listeners to think back because remember he's talking to Pharisees. Pharisees would have had the the Bible memorized, the Old Testament memorized. That they, they would have been very knowledgeable. They would have known exactly what he was talking about, and he's hearkening back to a moment that happens in Exodus chapter 3, which you had referred to earlier, where Moses shows up, or where God shows up in a burning bush to a guy named Moses. Right, which just, that's an insane story. Like, what a burning, there's a bush, Moses is trotting around in the desert, probably with some animals, and all of a sudden this bush is on fire, but it's not consumed. Right, so crazy, crazy thing going on. Moses, you're on holy ground. Take off your shoes. Hey, by the way, I'm hearing my people cry out in Egypt. I want you to go free them. And he's like, okay, well, I don't know about all this, but but like, what if I show up and they ask me what your name is? And God says, tell them my name is, I I am am who I am. That's, that's his name. And could you, could you imagine a bush on fire and a voice speaking out of the bush? I mean, there's this funny comedian, Jim Gaffigan. He's like, I don't know, maybe Moses was smoking some bush. <laughs> anyway, I don't agree with that. It's a joke. But uh, like, oh, yeah, you're going to go into Egypt and say, guys, there was this burning bush. They're like, dude, what is wrong with you? But God's power and authority, you know the story, right. prevailed. His people were set free at the end of the day. But it all began with Moses encountering the living God in a bush and God revealing his true self, his true identity as I I am. am. And so, zoom forward 1,500 years or however long, and you get to Jesus, and Jesus is standing in front of the Pharisees, and he makes this statement, before Abraham was, I am. Before your founder, father of the faith figure, I am. I am. So, what is Jesus claiming? Well, count... It, it much tell- <laughs> much to the chagrin of many of the world world's faith who, faiths who say Jesus is something other than God, Jesus is claiming that very thing. He's God. saying, I am God. He's saying, that same God that showed up in the bush, guess what? It's me. It's me. I'm here. Yeah. I'm revealed. In, in and through me, that God is revealed. I am. And not only does he say he was there, but to make the statement... I am, the tense is ongoing, present tense. So to say before the faith figure that you would remember in the days of old, then I was, but but I, I am. I was there, but I am. Like present tense, I was there, and I'm still here, and I still will be here because I am ongoing. Right. And so he's literally saying, I am God. I am eternal. I don't have an end. I don't have a beginning. This debunks anyone that says Jesus was a created being. Right. He was not created. Some cults say Jesus was created. No, he has always been. He always will be. Hebrews says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am. John chapter 1 says that through him all things were made. In the beginning was the word. Right. He preexisted creation itself. Uh, it, it's essential that we understand that Jesus does not have a beginning, just as God the Father and the Holy Spirit do not have a beginning, and also he doesn't have an end. Let's keep reading, though. So Jesus makes this claim, and lest anybody think that 
he wasn't really claiming to be God. Look at how the Pharisees react. They pick up stones to to pelt him to death with stones to stone him. Like why would I, they? W- when I was that? at that gas station, yeah. So I'm going through this passage, and the Muslim guy's like, "Oh no, God's not. Jesus is not claiming. Look, look at the rest of the passage. Jesus is not claiming to be God." And I, my question to this guy, we ended up. It, long story short, this guy was very hard-hearted and had yeah. no desire like really all he wanted to do was argue with me he didn't really want to talk about jesus and so i had to end the conversation eventually um but i pray for him still uh that god will open his heart and soften it and that he will hear the good news of jesus but long story short um we, we get to this part of the passage and i'm like how could you possibly say that jesus is not claiming to be god why would they why would they want to stone some guy f- for just saying i am like, this is the dumbest reason to stone somebody to death. The reason they want to stone him is because they hear, when they hear I am, they're hearing the God of the Old Testament, the God who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. They're hearing I'm God. I'm God. And so that's blasphemy. And so they needed to pelt him with stones to death. And if you doubt that, which it's really theologically unastute and inaccurate to doubt this, but let's just say, okay. I don't I don't believe it yet. Um John chapter 5 makes it pretty clear as well. Verse 18. Um Jesus is claiming to be that God is his own or he's he's saying God is his own father. And so it says this. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, oops. Um, uh, sorry guys, I'm reinterpreting, not reinterpreting, but you missed the original intent of the Sabbath. I'm reinterpreting your lens. Um, he was even calling God his own father. Now this phrase is crucial, making himself equal with God. Hmm. So I am, he claims to be God. When he says God is his father, he says, I'm equal with God. Oh boy. Like, yeah, no wonder these guys are getting riled up. Like, how dare you? You're a mere man. And yet you claim equality with God and you now claim to be the God who was in the burning bush. Like, this is not good. Like, you're leading people astray. We got to snuff this out. Let's kill him. Right. And and if you were a religious person in their shoes and you thought that this guy was blaspheming, you might find yourself doing the exact same thing. You would in that day and age, in that context. Right. Um, they thought they were doing the right thing. Right. And, I mean, I would be lying if I wasn't like one of those people who's like, <laughs> if I had a time machine... Like, I would go back and put an end to some of these religious leaders who have deceived millions of people and billions of people all across time. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I know that got dark. Maybe I'll try and reveal Jesus to them instead. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus says, I am. Right. He's the creator. He's the one who's been there from before beginning and after the end. He'll always be there. He'll never cease. He's everywhere at all times of history he's present and he like that is unimaginable authority and power yeah and it's it goes to show exactly who jesus claims to be now you guessed it guess what guess what people do as a result of these claims in the gospel of john they just throw the gospel of john out they just say yeah muslims are taught to believe that the gospel of john is a false gospel other other religions disregard the words or other cults of Christianity, Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, that kind of thing. They just disregard the Gospel of John. And they well, say— Well, and they change words. Right. They say that our book, our interpretation of the Bible is more accurate and 
that our additional book, our additional writings to the Bible are the ones that supersede. Uh, that's that's what happens in Islam. That's what happens in Mormonism. Our writings supersede the writings of yes. the Bible. And so ours are more accurate than what the Bible has to say. Even though you can go study, you could be a non-Christian and study this and see it. So this is a logical, historical translation study and say the New World Translation, the Jehovah's Witness Bible, is a gross mistranslation of the original writings. Even though they say it's more accurate, experts have said it's horribly wrong. Right. Horribly not accurate to the original language. It, what, it, what it does is it supports their theology. Right. What it does very poorly is translate from the original text. Yeah. So um, in my answer for those, I always want to meet people where they're at, even though I can say, let me prove you guys wrong. You're really acting stupidly right now. But I don't ever want to say that to somebody. So I'll go, OK, fine. You don't like the book of John. Let's look at the book of Matthew then. Chapter 28. It says this. Um And when the disciples saw Jesus, they worshipped him. Verse 17. They worshipped him. Now, I can go back. Here's I've actually said that before uh, to Jehovah's Witness because they don't think that Jesus is the ultimate God Mm -hmm. and that you're not supposed to worship him. Um, And they're like, oh, well, it doesn't mean worship like God. It means give respect. That's That's their answer. And I go, well, actually... Let's look at the Greek word for worship and then pull out the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. And when it says worship God alone, the one true God, only worship God, no others. Guess what word it is? Same word. Mm. So they have to walk away saying, oh, based on what some man told me, the word worship here, even though it's the same, means something totally different. Right. In order to satisfy their theological demands. And lest we escape the New Testament without considering Jesus, other people will just disregard the letters of Paul. And in the letters of Paul, you cannot possibly, you cannot possibly read the New Testament letters of Paul and say that Jesus is not fully God. And Colossians, the fullness of the deity dwells in Christ, it right. says. So, but the the Muslims say oh, it's Paul, not right. is, Paul is garbage. So let, let's go to the the last one, which is when Jesus says, I am the son of man. Now, we read that and we're like, oh, well, really, he's just claiming to be human. No, 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 no. Far beyond. Yeah. If you look into the context of that and if you look into what Jesus is referencing, as Jesus does reference the Old Testament very frequently, it's a verse out of the book of Daniel. Long story short, he is claiming through by saying I'm the son of man to be God. Yeah. In, in Daniel, it says... There is one like a son of man whose kingdom will last forever, the one who has all authority, the one who's coming. That's what Daniel says, and Jesus is like, hey, guys, I'm the son of man. Right, when he says that. That guy in Daniel, that's me. Yeah, exactly. So you you cannot escape, honestly, the the Gospels. You cannot escape the Gospel of John in particular. You cannot escape the New Testament without coming to the conclusion that Jesus really is a co-equal member, meaning completely equal with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He is not subsidiary. He's not created. He's not less than. He is 100% completely, totally, fully God in the flesh. That is who Jesus is. If anyone tells you differently, they're a liar. They're a liar. The truth of God is not in them. They do not know the one true God, and they're twisting the scriptures. And 
I'll tell you what. I, lo- I, I, I hope and pray that they come to know Jesus because I would be fearful if I was them knowing what I know. When Revelation says, cursed is the one who changes, like adds or takes away any words of this book. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe that most specifically applies to Revelation, but I believe it applies broadly to Scripture as well. Hmm. Uh, you take away or add to God's words, you're in some dangerous, hot territory. Um, not, the, not to mention the fact that you're saved. Remember our last episode? I'm the way, the truth, and yeah. the life. You're saved by Jesus alone. So if you're worshiping someone named Jesus but called something other than Jesus, your salvation is at risk. Hugely. There's it, a, a it, great... You're not going to heaven. <laughs> there's a great statement uh, a pastor would say that in the church I grew up in. He said, if you get Jesus wrong, you get everything wrong. Yeah. Like, whew, okay. Like, that's where I want to focus. I want to get Jesus right. And the rest will come. Right. But if I get Jesus wrong, I'm in big, big trouble. Right. And so if as a Christian, well, one of, I, you probably have more to say, but one of the last things I want to make sure that we say is you better be pointing people to the biblical Jesus. Like if you have nothing else to point people to, if you have if you have no theological understanding, if you have. And that's OK. Uh, if mi- that's where you're at. Right. If you have minimal biblical knowledge, if you like you better like if there's one thing that you should point people to, it's Jesus. Always be pointing people to Jesus. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? What did he claim to be? And uh, that that is at the end. And Jesus said, I am. Mm. He's deserving and worthy of all our worship, all our devotion. Uh, the word worship is worth-ship, is its root. He's worth it. He's worthy of it. He deserves every ounce of our lives and more. Mm. He, he, he's that valuable. He is the one who has always been and always will be, I am, present tense, ongoing. In fact, this is such a powerful statement. One of the last times he said it, was when he was arrested in the garden right before the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're coming for Jesus of Nazareth. Are, are you him or where is he? And Jesus simply says, I am. And all, I am he. He uses that phrase, ego me" in the Greek again. When he says it, all of these soldiers literally fell flat on their faces on the ground because I don't know, I wish I was there to see it. It was so powerful that that they literally fell to the ground. Mm. That's how powerful Jesus is. That one phrase, that one phrase, I am. Mm. He said, I am. That encompasses these seven statements, and it encompasses so much more. Don't forget who Jesus claimed to be. Absolutely. Well, man, I love Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is good. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. We look forward to hanging out with you guys again next week. Hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.